Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. There was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And today I'm joined with Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chikrin on Twitter. And Devin. Hey, this is Devin, GD Harpo on Twitter. Okay, we're going to be discussing Arya's third chapter in A Storm of Swords. And as usual, all the trigger warnings, you know, for potential discussions of violence and rape. Um, okay, so let's get started here. Um, Arya points out. Uh, to Gendry, they're they're you know riding along, and she points out that the moss is on the wrong side, and she you know they've been riding with the group of the, you know the Brotherhood without banners, and she's like we must be riding south, and Gendry's suggesting like you know kind of one of those things where we're just happen to be this bit of road is turning south, and we'll turn back, you know it'll kind of wiggle back and forth. And this is <laughs> like every moment when you've been telling somebody people that mm. something is wrong, and no one will believe you. You can feel Arya having this with Gendry. She's like, no. <laughs> We are going the wrong way. He's like, no, I'm sure it's fine. They just know a shortcut. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I know. And it's like that sinking feeling like you have dreams like that where nobody's listening to you. You know something really Yes. Yes. It's like gaslighting her. Um, so, you know, she says she thinks they're lost. And she's like, we should have kept, you know, kept following the river. Um, you know, she's thinking about like, also she thinks about, we, we get this input that she, they left Hot Pie. The Gendry, pretty much at this point, he's her only true friend here. Hot Pie's back at the inn. Um, you know, he'd pretty much gotten sick of, as she puts it, like the saddle sores and, you know, being scared all the time. And, you know, he found you know, kind of like, oh, okay, I feel comfortable here. And he's staying at the inn and kneeling, man, and helping Sharna to bake. Um, <laughs> yeah, which you totally get. I mean, you can see yeah. how... Well, you could see it in the last chapter how Hot Pie just settled in very easily to like in life, like that that was clearly more comfortable to him. And he to- he tells Arya, doesn't he, that he would like to not be out right. in the rain, like right. from people. Yeah, I mean that, that, Which, that shit's intense. It's scary, and they're, yeah. they're, with their ages, like I don't blame him at all, you know. And it, oh, yeah, and he's just not. I mean, he survived all this time, of course, but he, he's just not made for it. No, no, that's a yes, yeah. like, at all. He's not made for. It. Yeah, because he's like, you know, I'm gonna make their bread better, and you know, oh, and it was just so sweet. Like he asks her to visit, you know, after the war is over, and you know, she even apologizes that she beat him and broke his nose once, and they're kind of, you know, <laughs> it's so sweet. And she's thinking about how she already misses him. Like even you know just starting out, like she misses him already. So you really oh, yeah. and I love, I love, I love how he wants to kiss her hand because now of course <laughs> oh, yeah. she's fell and she's a lady. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I hope, I hope that happens someday. I just that would, oh, that, that meeting again would just be great and make up for no. some other horrible things that are bound to come. But <laughs> 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 um. So she says that she would sometimes talk to Harwin. Um, they'd have these conversations, and she, you know, she told him how her father died and about the escape from King's Landing. Um, and he was kind of trading his stories, like you know, he told her that only six of the Winterfell men remained of the twenty that they were they had sent out with um, Beric Dondarrion. And um, 
you know, it basically the whole thing had been a trap Lord Tywin had set up in hopes, you know, that Gregor Clegane would kill or capture her father. Um, you know, and he goes into uh, Jamie, you know, Jamie had known and he attacked Eddard and Kid's Landing, you know, that whole thing. Where and they, I love it. I love it because this this kind of gets buried how Jamie inadvertently saved Ned's life because right. Jamie, Jamie gets a lot of <laughs> shit for attacking Ned in King's Landing. I think mostly because of the way that the show played it, and and like literally, had he not done that, Ned hmm. would have been dead a lot sooner than he was. Oh, he would have been fucked. I mean, he was fucked anyway, but he would have. Yeah. would have been. Much worse, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Or gruesome, and you know, having to face down the mountain and all that. Jeez, yeah, because that's exactly what it describes. That you know, the since his Ned's leg was broken, he had to send Beric, and then they, when the mountain, you know, encountered them, like he was gravely, Beric was gravely wounded. Um, You know, they mentioned that Thoros attended and prayed over him, and you know, he was stronger, but he couldn't ride for, I guess they say, you know, for a couple weeks. And Okay, so what was that? Is that for the first time bringing him back for the dead? Or that, that's that what I was trying to figure out because he said he was stronger than before. Than before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that sounds like something shady. Him any time to recover, though. Why no, would he need time to recover weird. if he had come back? Like you think he looked he weird? Ride? Like, yeah. do you think there was yeah. some, like, even if he was stronger, there was some weird shit going on with his looks? Did he look dead better? I don't know. He looked more alive. I know that George probably hadn't decided at this point either, so who even knows? (laughs) Yeah, and he says the mountain cuts one guy where he cuts his arm off and then also cuts into his horse. Yeah. That's absurd. Yeah. That's uh, (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's superhuman. Yeah, every time there's something about that guy, even though I know, like, what he is, I'm just like that. That just doesn't seem possible. No, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it is a fantasy story. (laughs) There are dragons. I don't know. Yeah, true. (laughs) And maybe it was just he needed to have an excuse of why the fighting passed them by, because I gave him enough time, because they're like, oh, you know, so at that point, the fighting passed them, and then Lord Tywin's army swept up the Riverlands, and they, they were burning everything in their path, and um, yeah, it's that's basically the, the story of how they, mm-hmm. they end up behind enemy lines right. and and basically, you know, just yeah. are because that's are like the, force. Yeah, because they were like after Robert's death, they were outlaws. Because then they're not, you know, affiliated with them anymore. So it's you know, um, and and that's the kind of interesting you think they had to take some charisma to get them to stay because they said there were a good number that wanted to surrender, but they were you know, but his kind of like I guess. I guess we probably would have made a little speech about it. Sounds like said was that they were still protecting the king's people, that they were going to die fighting them, and um, they mentioned this like this concept that for every man lost, they gained two more, and their numbers grew even more as word spread. So kind of like this viral, th- you know, the, the time, you know, just okay, just gave some people, I guess, some hope or something to do or something to fight for when they were desperate. Absolutely, yeah. It, which you know, clearly it's very obvious that the small folk have bought in mm-hmm. fully to whatever the mission is. The, the People love that kind of thing, though. You know, you think that yeah, the yeah. underdog, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this night, you know, they're camping in a ruined village. It sounds like they do that a lot. And then um, one of the remaining villagers comes out and tells Lem that um, men had come by searching for the Kingslayer recently and that he had escaped River Run. Greenbear says um, the Thoros must be told, and several of the group discuss what they'll do if they capture him. 
Um, Tom picks up his harp and begins to sing, and Arya falls asleep. And okay, but yeah, but that's gonna... we we have to talk about what. <laughs> so Tom sings a song. Tom right, hears that Jamie's escape, and then they start talking about what they'll do with Jamie when they capture him. And they're like, "Well, Beric will want to give him a trial before he hangs him." And then immediately, Tom starts playing a song, singing up the great <laughs> deeds of the Kingswood Brotherhood, which is, of course, um, Jamie's first great battle was against the, the oh, Kingswood Brotherhood. Yeah. He fought them with Arthur Dane. And this is literally how he got knighted is because he, he, you know, made a pretty good showing against the Smiling Knight, who was their leader. Um, so it's funny, Tom, Thomas Evans clearly knows that history and immediately brings that out like, oh, here's the last time Jamie went up against some some <laughs> some outlaws, the, the Kingswood Brotherhood. I just love when George does shit like this, like just <laughs> third and fourth level layers of, of story that like you have to really know everything to even begin to pick apart. Right. It's like, cool. it's cool stuff. I mean, a lot of, I, I, cause that's the cool thing, you know, he's giving us a lot of the backstory and a lot of the, you know, we're getting digging deeper. Maybe more than we need. Yeah. Maybe more than we need. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. <laughs> so, uh, Aria falls asleep, and next morning they're riding out. Um, she's she's the same thing. We're riding south. She keeps she's riding south, and it says Len finally tells her, you know, we're not going to River Run, and you know she's kind of getting desperate here, and she promises her reward, and they're like, you know, you know, you're too valuable. You know, they're not. They have to take her to Barrack, the Lightning Lord, as they're calling him. Um. Tom assures her that they will do right by her. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like, God, they've already, like, lied. So it's like, I don't think at that point I would believe that shit either. <laughs> yeah. Because what does do right by you? What does that can mean a lot of different things in their, whatever their opinion of that is. Um, well, and I think Arya's sick of that kind of patronizing yeah. stuff of, like, you're going to do what you think is best for me, but right. you may yeah. not actually right. what I think is best do for me. Stuff. So right at this moment, like when they say the word captive, she just immediately makes a decision. There's a brief calculation and she's like, okay, she kicks her horse aside and she's out of there. She's, I'm trying for an escape. And she's galloping across the fields and into the woods. And um, this is like a pretty lengthy, you know, I've obviously just got these notes here, but this was a, a reading as a lengthy pursuit. And, you know, she thinks to herself, if it wasn't, you know, if he wa- if it wasn't him, if it wasn't like the his training and his father's training, you know, with the horses, she might have gotten away. Yeah, um, she thinks she would have gotten away. Really? Yeah, and I, sad. I know, because the other guy he falls back. Like, right. Yeah, he's like Carwin is the only like, only he one for a her, but while. Everyone else falls back. Yeah. Right, and that's dangerous because I mean, horses they can break a leg. Their the terrain is unsteady. There's oh, branches yeah, everywhere. In the this yeah, terrain. extremely yeah. dangerous riding. So I mean, it's pretty. That's what he tells her too. He's impressed that she rides. Like her aunt Lyanna, um, so it's sad, you know. It just feels like, you know, because she questions him. She says, you know, your loyalty is to my father, and he responds that Eddard's dead. Um, he's Lord Barrick, you know. Marwyn says, I'm Lord Bar- Lord Barrick's man now, um, and she thought to herself that she should have stayed with Hot Pie and sailed that little boat up to River Run. You know, just thinking back on it, she was so fascinated with that boat, like one of the, you know, oh, can somebody teach me how to. It's just so sad. Like the what ifs. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, which and the, the saddest part is that this is not the first time we've had to go through this sort of mm. moment with Arya. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, because that's what like I, her fear is like, yeah. what if? And then now, like, I'm having, I'm gonna have to go back to what I just escaped from. So exactly. Sad. Exactly. Well, and you know what I find interesting here is how Harwin has like internally made this break where right. it's like his loyalty didn't go from Ned to Rob, which it should have really. Right. Um, it, it his his loyalty now is to Beric, and that that's a very interesting you know thing that George likes to play with, which is you know where where does loyalty lie and and why and what can break that feudal chain of command from time to time it do, and it yeah. does feel sad because it's like or you know i mean they were obviously they were in a position of relatively i would think master of horse is not a horrible position to be in but yeah it's like how much no. what you know what's that line that pushes someone from well and i think the other question here is when we see later that catlin takes over or well whatever remains of catlin takes over the brotherhood and she starts pushing them while she mm-hmm. certainly isn't trusting anyone. Um, you know, she starts pushing them back toward a stark agenda. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can start to see where some of the fractures um, will begin there as well in the Brotherhood. But it's it's interesting. Everything about this, about how, like, it's this this group of people who are kind of reminds you a little bit of what we saw in John's last chapter, where you have Mance, this very strong personality who manages to bring together a lot of disparate people to kind of fight for a common cause. And you, you see a little bit of that with the brotherhood and it's like, then you, then you start to wonder what would it take to, to fracture it? Cause we certainly see signs of that in feast. I've been rereading feast and it is, it is interesting how the, the brotherhood is, is starting to break along some of these faults. That, yeah. that you can see any of here. And if she hadn't been, you know, I was wondering if she hadn't been a child or she had, you know, any sort of, you know, it's just she, she doesn't have a lot of power in this situation. Whereas, like, I mean, yeah. Is that yeah, they even say, I mean, he'll probably just return you yeah. to your mom. Like, that's probably what's going to happen anyway. But oh, she can't, she can't so trust may, that. So maybe, like, maybe that's why he, you know, maybe they justify it in their minds by telling themselves, like, oh, okay, well, she'll eventually end up, you know, maybe that's the if any of them care enough, maybe Harwin will care enough to, to justify it to himself. I don't know. Yeah. Do we have any mail for this chapter? Yes, we do. Um, so our first piece of mail comes from Cardinal girl 75 on discord. Um, we hear how and why the brotherhood without banners were formed at this point in the story. What are your thoughts on their supposed mission statement? Does their kidnapping of Arya, who just wants to get to River Run, go against the concept they are protecting the defenseless, even though you can't really call Arya entirely defenseless? And what was the change to becoming a true band of outlaws bent on bent on revenge? And and was the change to becoming a true band of outlaws bent on revenge inevitable? Uh, I mean, there's a point where any group can break toward its worst elements. And I think there is an aspect of that with the, the brotherhood without banners where, you know, you kind of justify things because you have a righteous cause and then you've learned to justify things in a certain way. And sometimes the cause isn't there to back it up, but you just keep justifying it the same way. I think you kind of see that with them. So, I mean, was it inevitable? Maybe not inevitable, but I mean, certainly, certainly there was always a probability that they would break the way that they broke. I think, yeah, um, not inevitable, but likely. Likely, yeah. 
Um, as far as, as far as, you know, the, I think they think they're the good guys with Arya. Right. I mean, like, yeah. you know, if you saw this little kid, what is she, 10 at this point, maybe, yeah. wandering around, you'd think you were doing probably the right thing for them. Or you could pretty easily convince yourself of that, that it's way better for you to take them somewhere that you consider safe rather than letting them just wander around in the war-torn riverlands alone. Right. Um, I, you know, I think you could pretty easily justify that to yourself and maybe it is maybe it is justified i mean could we sit here and make a case that maybe harwin should have said okay i will take you to river run and take you to your mom right now i mean maybe but that's clearly not as easy a task either as as Arya thinks it is or she'd have been able to do it much easier and faster Mm -hmm. i mean you know maybe it just isn't that possible without a lot of effort i don't know I mean, I, I can definitely see. I mean, you know, just imagine yourself if you saw a 10-year-old kid running around in war-torn woods. Would you be like, oh, yeah, no, you're you're fine on your own? <laughs> or would you be like, no, you better come with me? Possibly if that 10-year-old child had told me she killed several people. Because <laughs> <laughs> if they have a sword, <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, okay, true on your way. That she, that she didn't kill those people. And it was because, you know... <laughs> Telling that to Harwin was almost like telling that, as she says, like her thinks would be like telling that to Ned. And she just couldn't bear the thought of her dad knowing certain things about her. But now the 10 year old kid told me that I would be like, you know what? Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, Our last piece of mail from Buck O'Hare on Discord is what do you make of Mystic Barrick? Do you have any theories on which famous characters from the backstory backstory are hiding in the Brotherhood? Oh, um, is this about the Richard Lonmouth theory? Yeah, I'm not familiar with this one. Uh, well, there's this theory that Lem Lemon Cloak is Richard Lonmouth, who was Rhaegar's squire. Oh. Um, I'm pretty sure. And that after the, what's the battle of the, whatever, the where, trident, the trident mm. uh, where Rhaegar was killed, that Richard Lonmouth basically just, you know, <laughs> kicked it around the Riverlands, acting like a peasant, I guess, and then eventually became Lem, Lem, and Cloak. But I don't know. Everything about Lem seems, see, I, the, the the issue I've always had with this is that Lem doesn't seem highborn to me. Right. Yeah, he doesn't. Um, I mean, that has so, to be a really good act. If he was acting. Yes, yeah. and I would think that anybody who ended up Rhaegar Squire would probably have been relatively highborn, and I don't know. It, it, I, I have never really looked into it because I'm just like I don't even know what the purpose of that would be. But George does do weird things like that sometimes, so I guess it's possible. People are, people really buy into that theory. It's a really big. Yeah, I just looked it up real quick, and I just wanted to share this part. And this is from Lady Gwyn. Um, very big popular fandom from Radio Westeros. And, you know, she lays out the whole theory. The last part is the part I wanted to touch on. For the record, it doesn't seem like we'll have to wait too long to put this theory to the test. Last we saw the Riverlands in a dance with dragons, one person who likely knew Richard Lamoth was on a collision course with Lim Lim and Cloak and is a strong candidate for a reveal. But the it doesn't seem like we'll have to wait too long to put this theory to rest. This was this was 2014 when this was written. <laughs> oh, it's almost <laughs> ten years. Almost God, nine years. Oh God. <sighs> well, and here yeah. we are. <laughs> that's the case. That's the case for so many of these theories. I don't know. My uh, my other things are it's just like you know to to Richard Lonmouth the Starks would have been an enemy. 
And yet we don't really uh, yeah. see signs of, of having an issue with the Starks here so much. I mean, obviously the Brotherhood are not really loyal to anyone, but they, they tend not to bother the Starks. So I don't know. I it, It's one of those where I just, I really don't get into m- many theories. Sometimes I'll read them and just be like, hmm, that's interesting. And then just immediately drop them. <laughs> um, Same. And this is one, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. Does George do things like that? Yes, but I don't really see where he'd be going with it. So, why? I don't know who else. Who else is hiding in the Brotherhood? What's the other? What other theories do we have? I don't even know. I don't know of anyone else. Did anybody? Was that? Did people think that the Tom was Rhaegar at one point? Was that a thing? Or was oh. that my imagination? Or was that? My uh, well, people think the elder brother might be Rhaegar oh, okay. on the Quiet Isle. I've heard that one thrown okay, around. Okay, because I didn't know the harp part of it, but some of these are so far out there that that's why it's like I don't even, you know. Yeah, I mean, people think Septon Maribald is a member of the uh, of the the Brotherhood, which there's probably some evidence for, but I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, I feel like there's this whole theory about how Septon Maribold will be the one who comes to save Brienne. Oh, okay. Um, but I don't, I don't. I think this stuff is just, and also I think it's it's egged on by again that length of time that it's it's you're you're looking for something, some kind of fun you can have with it, you know, (laughs) look at it from a fresh way. So I guess that's why this seems like well, you know, and it's like we talked about there. He George does go. George does go way too deep sometimes with this story, <laughs> and he does do connections. Like, right. we were just talking about the Kingswood Brotherhood song, which is something you'd have to really mm-hmm. be paying attention to even pick out. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's, I didn't... <laughs> so, yeah, that's that cool. shit is there. Yeah. It, you know, he does do things like that, but is it just for color, or does it actually yeah. always matter? We never really know. And uh, we may never know. And by may never, I mean, I think we all know we never will know. We yeah, will I never mean, know. Because that's the thing, too. I feel like... A lot of this stuff would be cool as it's, I mean, like, <laughs> it's own like a different, you know, it's own thing, like a little short series or short stories or something. Like, I don't know. Some of it I always wish I knew a little bit more about, but then it's like when you're trying to get to the point of the, the stories, the main stories, it gets a little, feels like extraneous. So I'm torn about it. I mean, it. yeah, I like some of exactly. It, but... That is exactly, that is, that is exactly the struggle with A Song of Ice and Fire because like I feel that way about like some, like about Brienne having as many chapters as she has in Feast because it's like, we really don't need this many chapters from Brienne if our point is to tell the, the overall story. Yeah. But at the same time, because I love Brienne, yeah. I, I'm happy that there are that many chapters that I get to read that much about her. But it's like, is it serving the overall story? Probably not. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Probably not helping anything. There should be a whole bunch of different stories, like the Motherhood About Matters series, and this, you know, the Jamie and Brienne series. And the... <laughs> yeah, oh. I mean, it's kind of the catch twenty two though, yeah. because would we would we love this story as much if it weren't as right. deep? Oh, that's and, true. And like the high layered as it is, I don't know. Yeah, big tapestry. Yeah. <laughs> big stupid unfinished tapestry. <laughs> oh God. Oh. Well, that's a good way to end it. <laughs> that's it. That's, yes, a we're, we're unwrap- that's a good summary. Yes, we're unwrapping. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you could reach us at closethedoorend.gmail.com on Tumblr at closethedoorandcomehere.tumblr.com. Submit questions to the chapter threads on the Jamie and Brianne subreddit. We always appreciate those. And follow us on Twitter at Door Podcast. Like, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, 
Podbean. Um, is that a thing anymore? <laughs> or some of them I think might be old on my list, but um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wherever you listen, and please support us on Patreon at Close the Door. Um, Close the door. Get out.